Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced from AlexMerced.com and you're listening to a new episode of the Alex Merced cast. And I don't know, like, Twitter lately has been really frustrating to watch, as it usually is before an election, because everyone becomes extra partisan, extra bitter, extra uh, mean. You know, you, you, then you try to escape on TV and every commercial is about how horrible some other politician is. Back to back with a, another commercial saying, "Hey, all that thing that other commercial said is not true." Right back to back, and it's just, just like I, I just want to, you know, enjoy the new episode of my favorite show, and you know, the world just doesn't want to let up. Um, but what I want to do is talk about why the Libertarian Party matters, because it does. Okay, there's a reason why I've invested uh, the time, uh, the money, and uh, the, myself into into the Libertarian Party as I have. Now, there's two lenses we can look at this as. Because generally, everyone's going to sort of be in sort of look at the world in one of two lenses. So there is the lens that you just think that uh, the American political system is inherently flawed. I mean, actually, I think both both uh, frames are going to end up looking at this, or all political systems are inherently flawed. But in this case, you're looking at it where basically it's perpetually a two-party system. It will always be Republicans and Democrats. A third party will never be able to displace one of the two major parties. If that is your view, and that's fine, everyone's entitled to an opinion, the Libertarian Party still matters. Because in that context, then the Libertarian Party is an escape valve. It's, it's a something that at least puts pressure. If there was no Libertarian Party, there would be no reason for either party to make any appeals to Libertarians because there's no escape valve. Okay, so the reasons why there are opportunities uh, for liber- some for the occasional libertarian-ish idea in either of the two major parties is because a libertarian party exists that basically says, "Hey, we exist, and uh, you know people can come here if you guys take libertarians for granted." Okay, so if you completely take all the issues that your more libertarian members take for granted, I mean care about and you take them for granted you those members of your party will come to us and and then that threat at least leaves certain things as part of the conversation so at the very minimum the libertarian party matters for that and that so if the libertarian party did not exist there would really be every reason for both parties to completely take libertarians for granted in every way shape or form okay we make sure that there's a reason to care the libertarians exist Okay, that's, a, I mean, to me, a little bit more of a cynical view, but um, that is a legit reason why the Libertarian Party matters. Okay, uh, second lens is you do think that one day a third party, it's possible that other parties can rise and other parties can fall, etc. So even if you feel like the way the first past the post sort of, you know, you have to get a majoritarian political system that the U.S. has always leads that there's going to be a two-party dynamic it is possible that a party's coalition fails to sort of reinvent itself and that party falls. And I do think if you were to take a look at the way coalitions are drawn currently, meaning you take a look at the demographics of the coalition as far as like younger versus older, um, sort of the trends of sort of cultural views and, and just sort of cultural evolution and whatnot, it's very clear that if there was a party whose coalition will diminish, current coalition will diminish, and the conflict that its current coalition has with pretty much adding almost anything else to its coalition is really hard, okay? Um, it's the Republican Party. It's just like, it's not, it's just that the strongly held beliefs of certain parts of the Republican Party conflict with 
so much with people who are not part of that coalition but the problem is like those groups are shrinking in size whether they're aging out um or whether those just you know cultural trends are moving sort of in the opposite direction that 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 coalition is shrinking okay this which is why sort of the republican party kind of has clung to sort of um i wouldn't say, like i think when people overplay so the whole like you know trying to restrict voting thing but yes no re in general republicans don't like high turnout elections and you know uh they don't like early voting and things like that for political reasons and you know it's that's pretty transparent um but i don't think it necessarily like is as nefarious as they try to make it out on tv but it, it's a consideration okay it's definitely in their political favor when there are lower turnout elections um you know uh because they have a very strong base in the sense that the people who are like the republican base like that conservative base is very strong and very passionate but it is, a, a, it can tend to run at conflict with most other groups that would be part of a coalition. Like, for example, the Republicans did try to make appeal to um, Hispanics over the last 10 years. But that just didn't meld with a lot of sort of the, the very large conservative contingents views on immigration. And that just kind of kept clashing. So every time they tried to bring, uh, you know, let's say like very Catholic Latinos in there because... A lot of Catholic views can meld with some of the more, uh, cons you know, more socially conservative views uh, within the party. It didn't meld with sort of like a lot of the, like the, the diehard, you know, sort of more jingoistic uh, nationalist vibes of certain elements. Um, so that appeals. So they weren't able to try to introduce these new sections to their coalition. And I don't see that changing anytime soon because their core, as people have left the Republican Party, um, the core of the Republican Party has just become more and more sort of that really sort of icky part. And um, so I, I don't, so if, I would presume that at some point in the next hundred years, the Republican coalition will just completely fall apart and will leave a vacuum. So when I think as a libertarian, like what party we're going to displace, it's probably the Republican Party because just, again, you just got to think of it like, this is not like which party do I want to displace or not. It's just, you take a look at the way politics works. Politics is a game of coalitions, and you only can basically you have to be able to adapt your coalition over time and grow your coalition over time for you to to stay existing. The Democrats do have room to kind of refigure their coalition in different ways to exist. Republicans don't, and that's just sort of the reality of it. So, um, I do think there's room for the Libertarian Party to kind of fill that space. I don't think it's going to happen necessarily like overnight but i think in the next hundred years uh that is doable and in and then that also matters because like there are the occasional sort of libertarian figures who somehow find a way to be successful in the republican or democrat party and that's great the problem is most people don't capture the nuance they don't know like when Justin Amash was a Republican, that he was a libertarian congressman. Most people don't know who Justin Amash is. So when he does something good, it becomes points for the what people assume Republicans are, which is conservative. So even if it's a libertarian Republican who succeeds, they assume that this is a score for conservativeness. Um, and so that means that person's gonna look more into sort of like, more sort of your mainline conservatism that is kind of heavy on intervention abroad that is very skeptical of you know um you know more broader immigration that is more broader 
that is, you know, friendly to uh, certain unions, but not to others. Um, you know, not 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 very libertarian per se. Okay, same thing with the Democrats. Okay, if a libertarianish figure has a win within the Democratic Party, that's just a win for the Democratic Party. And when people think when they think the Democratic Party, they're thinking left, progressive, liberal. Um, you know, uh, they're thinking those adjectives. So you're scoring points for them. You're not saying, you're not making the point that l the libertarian idea is an idea you should embrace. So I'm not saying that you, there's nothing you can do within the context of the other parties. But at the end of the day, you're just scoring points for their labels. Um, so it's important to try to find ways to succeed within the Libertarian Party because when there's a win, we want people to say, hey, that win is because of Libertarians. Okay? And that I should go look into what that word means more. Okay, and wins come in different fa favors. I mean, there are winning elections, and we, we're winning more elections than we used to, whether mostly at, like, city council and local levels, and that's good. That's where you start. you got to build, you, you know, those small wins build a little bit more uh, clout with donors, a little bit more clout with voters, a little bit more clout with the media to win bigger races, and it's, 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 a, it's a game that takes a long time. Politics moves really slow, okay? 40 years is really nothing in the realm of politics, again... How often do people get reelected for two years? This is not like markets, like, you know, business markets where basically a business can rise and fall in the matter of a month because transactions are going on every minute. Okay. Um, politics is a very slow molasses moving thing. Okay. So to have 50 state ballot access to have elected officials, um, these are pretty big accomplishments um, that no other party with the sort of the same lifespan can say they had. Okay, and people can say that hey, Republicans and Democrats are so huge, but they've existed one for a lot longer, and they existed long, way before many of the uh, barriers that have been erected to emerging parties have existed. And the Libertarian Party has still been able to overcome uh, as more and more barriers do get erected. And they'll continue; to have, new ones will be erected going forward, which means is extra hard for new parties to arise going forward so it makes kind of you know which also makes the libertarian party that much more important because everything is so more difficult now than it was 40 years ago um that starting from scratch would be near would be near impossible now so if there's going to be a third party that can displace one of the two parties it's going to have to be the libertarian party the libertarian party is the ship like that's there's no other ship that is built, that was built just in time, built enough that could even have a chance uh, until things change. So um, I do think the conditions are right. The Libertarian Party, again, is does have enough infrastructure that it can continue to grow. And I do think a lot of the ch uh, its current leadership are quality people. Um, I think there's a lot of great activists. I've met a lot of great activists all across the country. So it has the things it needs. Of course, it needs more donors. It needs more members. But that happens every time. And then people will sit there and say, well, you know, there's a lot of people who scare people away. But that's how things work. Okay? Every organization, when it's small, especially when it's a volunteer organization, starts with the most sort of devout people. Because those are the people who are willing to give up their time. They're those are the people who are willing to try to overcome huge odds. Okay? Someone who's more... A political passerby, a casual voter, um, they don't care enough to take 
a huge risk. They don't care enough. Uh, and I don't blame them. They have lives, they have families and stuff to do. Um, so in the beginning, you do have your more passionate members who can sometimes be uh, not sometimes not the what's the word I'm looking for uh, as socially delicate as one would like. But the thing is that they will bring in marginally, uh, you know, they bring in sort of the marginally next thing. Okay, so you, you now you have a still a passionate voter who's maybe marginally more persuasive. Okay. And then those voters, those new members bring in the next sort of tier. And that's the thing. So we're building these donut holes. You don't jump to building in that center, centrist, everyday person until you've built every rung from sort of the core, sort of hardcore libertarian to sort of the little bit less hardcore libertarian and the less hardcore libertarian. Because each rung can make the case to the next rung, in a sense. So it's a process. It's a process where you build these things. And I always use the analogy of like a band. Okay, in the beginning, like a band generally has like three people in their audience, but they're like the really hardcore fans. They're the ones who help, you know, put away the gear after the show and, and man the merch table for free. But because of them, because they give the support, the band can continue the tour enough to get more fans. And now, and, pe and people are willing to test the band out because the room's not empty. And now the band has maybe 20, 30 people showing up at shows. Okay, and now venues that wouldn't book them before are willing to book them. Okay, and now they, you know, that gives them space to other people who don't go to smaller venues because they just don't trust local bands because they just think local bands shouldn't be taken seriously. They only want to go see a band that's going to play at Medicine Square Garden. Once those venues are really starting to like say, hey, we'll give you a shot or you, you can open for a band um, who's playing at this venue, you know, those opportunities start opening up. Then you get in front of new people, and then that keeps growing your numbers until you suddenly you don't you realize it. You're headlining Madison Square Garden, okay? Um, you know, or playing the you know doing ha a halftime show for the NFL, whatever. But the point is that it's an organic process, and again, in the early stages of that process, um, the the core is always going to be sort of the most zealous and that's fine you need those people because those are the people who are going to make sure that the, you never have nothing okay they're the ones who will always be at the show so when the band so if the, like when a band crashes and fades those people are still there and because of that that band can continue marching on and if you hear my board my bird in the background yes i have a cocktail who apparently thinks i'm talking to it and is responding but uh yeah that's why the libertarian party matters and that's kind of what i wanted to say the point is there is change to be made. I think whether you think the Libertarian Party can become the other party or not, there's a good reason to, to care that the Libertarian Party exists and be involved in the Libertarian Party. Whether it's to put pressure to make sure that Libertarian ideas are not taken for granted, period. And to work or to work towards, you know, becoming that displacer of and that's that alternative and make score wins for the, la the Libertarian label. Um, so that way people look into libertarian ideas. They're not looking into progressive ideas. They're not looking into conservative ideas. They're looking into libertarian ideas because it's the libertarian party who made those things happen. Um, my name is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com. You can please subscribe to this podcast. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the username is Alex Merced on all of them. And uh, generally pretty much any other social network you can think of. You have a great day and enjoy. Thank you very much.